I was thinking of doing a platinum because I'm oh, a trained you platinum should. printer. Platinum printer. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a trained platinum printer. You should. Mm-hmm. So oh, like, and, that would you, be amazing. You don't need. You don't need like darkroom light to do no, platinum printing. I've done. These I've. Days. T- I took a. Co- I took a class mm. in the microwave. I did not do. Yeah. 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 Um, but I did not. Do, it, it's hard. <laughs> I know. But like, it's I, like, it has like a knack. You know, and it's one of the, it's all of these things have a knack. I was trying to explain commercial. I gotta say, I, I picked it up pretty quickly. It's in, it's like, but I think people have things that they have a knack for. It's like me. Yeah, mine I, is like process work like this, 100%. Like I can do, like when we were doing color calibration in college, I mm. like had it immediately. Anything yeah, color, immediately. I was like, of like, I was like, oh, do you need like, okay. I was like, just this, this, go. <laughs> and like, I turned to people and they're like, how'd you know that? I was like, I just do. Like everyone yeah. has like a knack, right? Totally. Um, For me, but- like it's. It's having all the like select little variables, and I suppose it's like kind yeah. of like color theory, but with chemistry. Yeah, yeah. Even though yeah, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. understand chemistry in school, like so yeah. bizarre. Yeah, but it's also I think the world is like uh, I always think people like are either biology mm-hmm. or physics. They like mm-hmm. one of the two classes. They like mm-hmm. either geometry or like or algebra. Like oftentimes our brains like. But I yeah. didn't like either. <laughs> Um, I, got, I, was I was like the art me. class kid. I just like only wanted to be in art class. Oh yeah, yeah. That's um, my that was my husband. Um, I was explaining needle felting at work the other day, oddly enough, because somebody was doing um, commercial needle felting, and I have um, I have a commercial, I, otherwise known as stabby stabby. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and I was like explaining it at work, and they were all like, "What?" And our um, I have a recycled cat bed that is that I made that is. Commercial needle felted. Mm. Hold on. It's right here. It's not that cute, but it's right here. I love cat stuff though. See? Oh it's like it's like a beautiful like gray. Oh, with, that like is it's nice. a heathered gray with these mm. like hand stitched. Yeah, yeah, that's look. pretty. So um it's smushy now because she's big. It was from when she was kitten. But um <laughs> <So> cute. <laughs> I was explaining it at work and nobody does any nobody has like any nobody's making anything in my colleague in my mm. colleagues. And I was explaining it and I was like, I know it doesn't sound like it, but it's actually hard to commercial needle felt because you got to like line it up and you yeah. have to like, it's a kind of skill that like. It's not easy. It's, it's not easy. And they're never because you don't have uniform things going in mm-hmm. until you go a couple of times. Mm-hmm. You don't have anything uniform. Right. And yeah. so they were all like, they could like, <laughs> they couldn't, it was like doing, 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 doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were all paying attention, but they were like. That sounds really hard. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Crafting, well, like crafting, quote unquote, is often not easy. No, and it's mm. like you know, it's funny, but it's like they all got it. And like the the sum mm. total that they really got was that it takes a really long time to get fabric. Like <laughs> that was, I was like, it's like it's like a day for a yard, and they were like, oh, they, that like yeah, then they yeah, were like, yeah. oh, the yeah, math. Like, <laughs> the math, the, the math, the math, but like. You know, it's an interesting thing. All these things are like skills that we don't have. You have the show notes. You want me to open show notes? I do have them here. I sh- I can. I also found the original Tumblr post that talks about our topic today. Oh, yeah, because I I engaged with that post when it first went around on the internet. Excellent, um, excellent. And I found a oh, good quote too today. Oh, good. So, okay. Oh, good. So. All right. Welcome to the Art Lust Podcast, where we make art accessible. I'm Seema. And I'm Sophie. 
If you'd like to support the podcast, please, please support the podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. And we will call out subscribers, people we love. We'll be your buddies. Mm -hmm. We also have a Patreon for a dollar a month. You can go into our monthly raffle to win a studio visit with us. And we really do really um, spend time with artists and talk to them about their work because we believe in artists. It's my favorite thing to do. Uh, we'll talk about your art, give you feedback, and some references to explore. We will become your buddies uh, in art and talk to you about it. So please join our Patreon. Mm. And you can join our Patreon even if like you are don't want to be our buddies because we can use all kinds of levels to help us so that we can go Absolutely. from a bi-monthly episode to a weekly episode. We love to talk about art. With TikTok content as well. I know. And video content for mm-hmm. subscribers. We mm-hmm. got it all. We got it all. In the pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what art did you see this week? Uh, honestly, it's been such a busy week. Nothing. <laughs> what about you? Apart from like, you um, know, what I've seen online, obviously. But So I have seen a lot of art of late um, Mm -hmm. because I've been driving around town and I've been looking at a lot of things in the city. Mm. Um, And I, you know, we talked about public art last time and I was thinking because today's topic is um, data, accidental data, internet data, all things data. And I was thinking about um, the art that I saw, there was a big snap, big sort of challenge here um, in Cleveland because we've, uh, Cleveland is one of those towns where it's still affordable to live and be Mm -hmm. an artist, but Mm -hmm. it's becoming less and less affordable to be an artist. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, the world is becoming, I think, less affordable, the the Mm. break between, um, between. There's no middle class anymore. There isn't. There isn't. And um, so um, I was thinking about like um, I was driving somewhere and I saw something that I thought was really interesting in that I think different people would call it things or art. Mm-hmm. And it made me think about like in a lot of cities, this happens where <laughs> we used to live when my husband and I were living Um uh, closer to a university there would be this weird block where people would this somehow like there'd be a like a hundred stuffed animals would show up and then they'd disappear you know <laughs> oh, what i mean like things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. so there was just like a like um it was maybe an assemblage i don't know if something bad had happened you know i don't mm. know if like maybe like you know use the cross and the flowers and all that kind of stuff but it didn't mm-hmm. have the cross or the flowers it was just like stuff and it was a you know a, a fence and um in sort of a i don't know it's one of those neighborhoods that's becoming gentrified and mm. it made me think about how a lot of what we're seeing visually you can't tell if it's art or not and it actually yeah. brings up a thing that i think sort of ties into that too. Um, here in Cleveland, there's an artist whose name is Lauren Naj, N-A-J-I. Mm-hmm. And he um, had an install, he, had, he did a public art piece. And we're they're in a lawsuit that's all over the papers here because when they um, redid this corner of town, there was a, a kind of one of those weird, we have a lot of um, like five, five points, six points, three points where you have like weird corners of land in between multiple streets. And so he had a sculpture that was in one of those places. And when they did the renovation, they took, get, got rid of this sort of weird turnaround. So there was no more that the corner was no more there. The art disappeared. Oh, The developer like took it 
And so there's a whole sort of I haven't like heard exactly what happened to this 3000 pound sculpture. Uh, I don't know where it's gone. How did they move um, it? You know what? Equipment, I guess. It was a hollow sphere of 192 layers of plywood. And I'll put the picture of it. It's funny because I have to say, like, I think part of it is that it was like, it's in a, like, I think this is what happens with a lot of these. And this is why, you know, for this episode, it was good. There's a lot of things that you see every day and never see. And this is a corner where lots of people spin past it to get on a, a, there's a, it's like actually very, it's like right near downtown. And it's just like one of those places where people drive by. I happen to know Lauren and he's a very nice man. And so I mm-hmm. knew that that was his sculpture. So I looked at it, but I wouldn't yeah, say yeah. that. I think a lot of people People did. like see it, but don't mm-hmm. look at it or look at it, mm-hmm. but don't see it. Exactly. Also, I'm rescinding my answer from before. Go, go, tell us yours. I just didn't have an answer prepared. I, my brain's fried. <laughs> but did you see this whole thing in the fashion world? The dress made of knives? Yes, I did. I'm fucking obsessed with it. I want to remake it. It's so cool. It actually made me think of Man Ray. Mm. And photograms. Mm-hmm. That's like the first thing I thought of. And Anna Atkins. I can see that. Like I was like, oh, this is like, it's like sort of like that. It must have been so heavy. That was I know. That was the so only slowly. thing I could think of was how goddamn heavy that thing must have been. I know. But God, it looks amazing. It um, does. My look shoulders amazing. could never. My neck could never. But no, me neither. Me neither. Uh, I also like you don't sit down. <laughs> One of my favorite things I did years and years ago, and I felt very strongly about this. Sometimes, like I get something in my head and I just cannot let it go. Was <laughs> that we would give all of the kids in our programs these tablecloths. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't think I it was even my idea, so but funny. that we would like hand print silk screen uh, so that you would like little kids. These were three year olds napkin, like, you know, like a table setting. And I vividly remember wanting like we were we had this very long conversation. You know, these are the kinds of really joyful things you have when you work in museum education, where you spend a lot of time thinking about things that don't seem like they like are big, but they really yeah. add together to make this really beautiful thing. And so we had this very long conversation about t- which kind of spoon, like, you know, what kind of detailing it would have on the oh, edges, cute. fork, knife, you know? Aww. And that's another thing I thought of. I was like, oh, because there's a lot. It was like, it's a whole mismatch of knives in that dress. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. And they all look like they were silver, no? Yeah. They I don't all think they were like stainless. Silver. Um, yeah. I mean, I would do it with stainless, but. <laughs> Because I'm cheap. You're cost effective. You're cost effective. <laughs> I also am so cost effective. I bought uh, like a hundred foot roll of aluminum painted mylar. Uh, so now I think I'm just going to craft whatever the fuck I want out of cardboard and shiny mylar. Um, nice. So maybe I could make hundreds of fake knives if that's That would what... actually be really attractive. Because then you could out, you could like – um, kind of stylize them how you want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was inspired true. by drag queens of the internet. So thanks, drag queens. Nice, nice. You're nice. out here taking so, a, a real beating and while still inspiring well, the world. Um, that's the truth. So, that's the truth. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I think maybe that's a good segue. Today's topic is accidental data, mm. and right. And so we were talking about it, and I think one of the things actually that drag culture makes me think about is that everything that happens in existence is in reaction to something, right? Like, so, and I do think like, 
you know, I was reading about Dada and it is in reaction to things, but like drag culture comes out of a reaction to things too. It is, you know, it is a joyful performance, mm-hmm. which has been met recently with legislation against the joy, right? In Tennessee where, um, but I think that at the crux of the issue about drag culture and the legislation against drag is a misunderstanding like it's there's a crux mm. the crux of it is the misunderstanding of what drag is yeah right like i was somebody said that like some of the things that they were saying were like they basically don't want to be teabagged at a, they don't want kids to be teabagged at a drag performance at a library it's fucking disgusting and i was like okay so like i would never have even thought of that like okay where did that come from but why is that acceptable to be on australian television on big brother that happened on big brother in australia like on national television a dude did that to a woman in her oh. face like well and that's the problem right like it's a and, like that was like open for consumption like yes you know, right and that's but just it was like people doing right? shit exactly yes exactly. it was heterosexual so i think but like you know i've been to drag oh, God, performances so and angry. i've worked with drag performers for events like mm-hmm. not not um not book readings because i'm i'm not i am technically a librarian but i'm not so um uh but i have certainly and i've never once heard that i've never ever been to a place where anybody i don't I, i've been to lot i've interacted with lots of drag queens mm-hmm. um and lots of people who are non-binary or trans i've never ever heard any of them even use the word teabag no longer see it right like like come on what's it's it, also it, it's, that is like such straight bag like straight yes straight bag straight culture um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes but see that so i think at the crux of that hysteria and i think it's hysteria it is, is hysteria. misinformation right is misinformation mm. and i say this as a segue to data because i do think one of the things i have a hard time with this idea of internet data is that there is misinformation about what data is mm-hmm. right like so Dada. It'll be interesting to show you this original Tumblr post. Yeah, let's start with the Tumblr post and then go. Why, why don't we? Well, can do we the start Tumblr with a, post a real definition and then go to the Tumblr oh, post? Oh, sure, sure, sure. So, like, so Dada comes right, and I, I think that comes out of this historical moment, right? Where in Europe there is a incredible, incredible loss of life, and a sort mm-hmm. of shocking loss of life. Yeah. At um the end of world war one. And I mean, there's a huge percentage of young men who are just clear cut in world war one. And, you know, you read, you read books like all quiet in the Western front and you hear the kind of like the real carnage that was world war one. It was a change, a shift in society, right? My husband's grandfather was in the cavalry in world war one. There you go. Wow, 9.7 million, 20 million deaths, 90, 21 million people wounded. Mm-hmm. Now, I wonder how many people were living in Europe at the time. Do you want to look it up? Yeah, look it up. Let's see how much that is, because I think that's part of Ooh. it, right? It's a, it's a, what percentage of the world was impacted is huge. And so you have this sort of, incredible human toll here we go what percentage of the population was lost in world war one that should give us an idea 14 percent wow so 
I'm terrible. The only thing I can think of is like, how does that compare to COVID rates? Yeah, well. Um, So, so like, but I think, you know, let's go back to COVID in a second. Because I do think the accidental data or the internet data is because of the same kind of issues, but in a Mm. different way. So, so like you have this huge loss of life. And so in 1917, um, by, you know, by 1917, you, you are having, or 1916, I should say, you see that people are trying to create something else. And mm-hmm. so you have somebody like Hugo Ball, who's the founder of Dada, one of the founders of Dada. And he wants, he uses it because the word Dada means nothing. Mm-hmm. It has no meaning. It's an, mm-hmm. un, it, it's just a sound, right? Yeah. And, um, he, you know, Here's what the, and I wanted to read the couple of quotes today, which is sort of not something I usually do, but I think these are important. So this is Hans Arp, mm-hmm. who is, you know, a sculptor who does these really beautiful things. And he said, he was revolted by the butchery of the 1914 World War. We in Zurich devoted ourselves to the arts. While the guns rumbled in the distance, we sang, painted, made collages, and wrote poems with all our might. And so you, it's basically, what's interesting, though, to me is that a lot of of da- these early Dada artists were actually anti-art yeah. because art was a commodity, right? Yeah. So they're, they're almost anti-everything. It's like they're so disgusted with life as it is. Yeah, And I think that's what's really important, that this sort of anti-everything establishment, but art particularly. And so here's another quote from 1918, the Dada Manifesto. Tristan Zara I'm sorry, it's a Romanian name that hopefully I've gotten right. But he was the informal leader of the Zurich Dada movement. And he wrote, we've had enough of the Cubist and Futurist academies, laboratories laboratories of formal ideas. Do we make art in order to earn money and keep the dear bourgeoisie um, happy? Bourgeois, I should say. Mm. Rhymes have the smack of money and inflection slides along the line of the stomach and profile. Every group of artists has ended up at this bank, straddling various comets, leaving the door wide open to the possibility of wallowing in comfort and food. I love that quote. Fuck that. It's a great. But I love (laughs) love, that quote. I love it. But what what they're talking. So what what I I think is important about the original Dada movement, Mm -hmm. what happens is. In some ways, Dada is not a movement. It's like a moment in time yeah. where it's almost, I always think of Dada is like, you know how you, when you go to a wedding weekend and you all are the best friends ever yeah. and then you leave, <laughs> that's sort of Dada. It happened, it existed, it stopped. And why and did then it, it, and then it kind of like of shifted reasons. towards surrealism, right? It's shifted towards surrealism. Yeah. And I was, like you know, pretty like, quickly. Yeah, yeah. It was sort yeah. of like this blip in time and yeah. like to be Dada, you would have had to have been there in the teens and largely in Germany. Exactly. And so, and, you know, and I, and I, but, and this is why I started with that. It is, I think what a better way to say it is that when the world has these chaotic moments, it is human nature on some level. One of them is to become absurdist. Mm, like mm-hmm. everything. And I think that's why accidental data or internet data exists. Neo-data. Neo-data. <laughs> but it's to me, like, why tether yourself to a group of people who had their own problems? Like the Dada movement, a lot of them were misogynistic. Oh my God. A lot of them were. They all kind of hated each other. They right? hated each other. And they yeah. were also falsely 
anti-establishment, right? Like yeah. you can yes. be particularly anti-establishment when you're <gasps> sure that you're going to get your next meal. Mm-hmm. So that's my soapbox about Dada. Now yeah, that it. we've gone into a little bit of explanation of Dada, let's talk about this Tumblr. Oh my God. Okay. So this was, uh, Reddit always has the answers, but <laughs> this post from And then many... a lot of not answers too. Let me tell you. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> I don't really remember what year this post originally went around. It was maybe, maybe 2014, like early on. Um, I think I might just read it out because, yes. you know. Do it. So in a reality dream says, Tumblr meme culture is really just a form of neo-Dadaism. I'd like to clarify. <laughs> they reblogged themselves. <laughs> Dada was largely a European art movement that took place after World War I. This time and place is not a coincidence. Let me explain. And then essentially, I think they just go on to say like a lot of what you just said, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, it made no sense. The artists who made Dada lived in a world in which nothing made sense, in which conventional logic led to the senselessness uh, of a world war. So making art uh, that made no sense, making, well, you can't really call it art. So making anti-art, art that rejected the conventions that brought about the atrocities uh, in the first place. It made total sense. And then in parentheses, if that makes any sense, it's like classic Tumblr jargon, right? But it was a very, it was like its own (laughs) like form of language. So the artists did weird things, new things, putting things that were already made together and calling it sculpture, cutting up bits of pictures and putting them together and calling that something to frame. But from my perspective, there's serious intellectual continuity between the absurdity of attaching a bunch of tacks to the bottom of an iron rendering it useless and say, bath bomb posts, putting a fucking MacBook in a bath. (laughs) It's useless now. Nobody fucking cares anymore. Do you want something funny? You want a punchline? Gun, that's your punchline. Take it, I am laughing. In a way, it could be a method of venting some of the frustration, hopelessness, and dissatisfaction that Tumblr's user base largely disenfranchised millennials feel in the modern day. Oh man, no wonder this spoke to me when I was young. I can't really speak for anyone else, but at least from a US perspective, there's plenty to be disillusioned about. Growing up in a constant state of questionably justified war, income inequality, and economic recession caused by the actions of a handful of wealthy fucks who don't even get properly punished, growing awareness of of police brutality, being called lazy and self-absorbed by the generations that gave us these problems in the first place. I can't help but think that these factors and more could produce a similar mindset to the one that precipitated the Dada movement. So of course we make nonsense jokes. It's a coping mechanism for a world which doesn't make any sense. Related, clue TLDR, my generation is fed up with this bullshit. And the best way that we can express that is by shitposting. Alternatively, Dada was an early precursor to modern shitposting and we should all thank Deschamps for signing a fucking urinal. Even if maybe it wasn't him, but that's a different episode. Um, Yes. uh, But so it looks like this says July 19th, 2016. So I think that what's nice about this. That's when this was posted on uh, Reddit. So this is old Tumblr shit. Got Um, it. So I do think like what I like about it. People went through like lots of reblogging and examples and like it's, it was a whole big thread. Yeah. Where people I went love through Kurt comparisons. Yeah. I love Kurt Schwitter. But I think, okay, so I think that there are, what I liked about this Tumblr post, and I remember it as well, um, mm. it went around the art history movements. I think what oh, I love about it is that he doesn't say that this is Dada, but using Neo Dada, I mean, I don't really love Neo, um, using Neo in general, because I think, but I think there is an honesty. Like when I look at Core Core, 
Yeah. It actually has a lot of the angry maleness that mm. Dada had. Right, Dada was... Elaborate, please. So I will say that I think that everyone should go to Interstellar Isabella. Isabella? <laughs> Isa from um, Twitter, because she talks about this so eloquently. But mm-hmm. I think that my experience and most of my TikTok dramas are when men don't like that I'm speaking with words. <laughs> You As know, opposed like, to what? You know, like if I'm not like, you know, like we. I think a lot of like, I think that they speak you know, with your a eyes. Lot of, yes, exactly. Right. You know, like that I'm not using, I don't have any particular, <laughs> we have an upcoming episode about our um, looking sexy on the internet. Oh my uh, God. I can't wait to record that episode. It's going to oh be my God. fascinating. You'll have to wait for that um, thing. But it, 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 <laughs> But I think that what I mean is that people we are right now in a really, we had a different thing. and I, But I think, you know, like that feeling of the culture wars, you know, COVID, it really has sep- separated us. We have a lot of polarity. We have a lot of really? rise of fascism. We have a lot of the same feelings, I think, culturally. And so I do hear where Neo Dada is coming from. It's coming from this sort of idea that unrest and uncertainty is so awful. You can't handle it. And I handle it with absurd craziness. Like, I understand, like, how absurdism is always going to be relevant, but I just don't know if it's neo-Dadaism. I that's, just think it's absurdism. Well, that's what I would say, too. I don't yeah. I, I don't think, I think what, well, I shouldn't say that. I think I'm, I'm a little bit split. I think what part of the problem is everyone is trying to, this sounds, makes me really sound like an artist historian, but there you go. <sighs> we don't have, we don't put enough criticality to how we name things on the internet as a group. Because we are all consumers 100%. of content. Mm-hmm. And so we like immediately will say that these are all memes. Yes, they're all memes, but some memes have a different tenor than others. And we don't parse that out. We don't think critically about each of those things. And so I do think that there are probably like core, core, the absurdity of it. I think, I don't know if I'd call Can it. Can you describe core, core for anyone who doesn't know? It's to me, it's like somebody mashed up two cuckoo things to make us understand that nothing makes any sense and then added some like real a- male angst. <laughs> Urban Dictionary describes core core as kind of a deconstructed art, basically evoking emotion out of a series of visual clips that you develop your own meaning to. Core core content is introspective. <laughs> So, so like that was like, like academic urban dictionary take. What the fuck? I know. I mean, I think to me, core core. So to me, some of core core TikToks. I think to me, some of core core is. I mean, this is where I I think I'm not going to be super nice, but I think a lot of core core is people trying to seem smart. Well, no, because listen to what. I, <laughs> so people also ask, what are core core TikToks? Core core videos at their essence, are cobbled together. Yeah, see internet clips playing over the sound of some very melancholy music, usually (coughs) Aphex Twin. Fuck, this is so funny. Uh, Watching the core core videos make you feel like you're walking into the movie of TikTok. What the fuck? But see, like, it's so I think They're even writing about themselves this way. So I think, so the problem is that I do think there's an aspect of internet data tiktok data that um or neo poetry oh my god it is meant to evoke um, certain emotions i'm gonna be sick so there is a part of it that is just so this is where i think the problem is we are so self-reflexive as a society Mm -hmm. we're trying 
when you try to be Dada, you are no longer Dada, right? That is the like, if you yes. want to be Dada, you are not Dada. Mm-hmm. It's like if you are trying to be cool, you are not cool. And so a lot of core core for me, some of trying to be in the zeitgeist, trying to be in the moment and you're not. Then we have, and but I do think at the there is a portion of it that is trying to express that same angst that Dada had, that male angst, and I think just as so many people died in the in the years before Dada and moments before Dada, so many Mm. people have died recently, right? Like I don't think there's any American who doesn't know somebody who's had COVID, even if you don't, you deny COVID, you still know people who have died. Yeah, Yeah. right. Like so, like maybe especially if you deny COVID. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. Oh. Very uh, true. Very I'm so true. tired. But then there uh. is, but then to me, but see, okay, so all of those Neo Dada, all of that stuff and the core core and all of that, I think is an interesting thing. And I say, once mm. again, go to back to interstellar Isabella. I haven't ever said her handle before out loud, I realize. To me, a more interesting thing I'm seeing and a thing I would love people to think about is the things that are um, absurd, but they're not trying to be Dada. It's just mm-hmm. naturally absurd. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, and that's where I think it's so fascinating where like you, I don't know, where where people do stitches about content. Like I, you know, I see stitches every day where mm-hmm. like somebody will stitch something to change the subject, right? You know, like they'll have a woman doing something really sexy and then it's mm-hmm. a guy saying, but I think you should... I don't know, copyright your images, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. do something totally different. And I think that is a much more interesting visual culture. The The visual culture born of TikTok is more fascinating to me than those people who are trying to be absurdist. Yeah. Um, have Sorry, this is very much in line because I, f- I forgot this existed and I was going to bring this up because I've been looking at my collection of videos I was going to talk about today. Yes. Have you seen Jasper the Doll? No, tell me. This oh is this good fucking stuff. God. I want this. Okay, so Jasper the Doll is a, a current TikTok sensation. Um, and it's someone's Barbie that they're fucking mutilated, basically. It is like kind of Frankensteined back together. Um, and it has like a mask face, but I just, I'm, I'm going to send, do you have your phone on you? Can I send it to yeah. you so you can watch it? Yeah, send, uh, it, send it to me. So. <laughs> Everyone is uh, stitching this doll, dressing up like this doll. This doll is going to be a Halloween costume. Like, oh, I have seen Jasper the doll. Oh, yeah, I yeah. love Jasper the doll it so much. And it's like, it's so weird. But like, it's there's this girl who, God, I saw it just before. There's one girl who has like really nailed dressing up like this doll, and I'm gonna send her to you now she's been doing amazing stitches uh with this doll acting it out and like this is the kind of culture that like i think is you can only find on this app that's that's and i think those are so much more interesting oh my god she does look look at the one i just sent you that's her most popular it's unreal she nails like the whole physicality of really wow (laughs) when she turns (laughs) it's incredible but see this this is where i think like why tether yourself to the idea of dada you are creating a new culture this is this is really like a new visual culture form 
like fomenting on the internet. And there are so many, like, I have to say, I love the thing I was going to bring to this is I get such a kick out of when people um, stitch each other, sorry, um, yes. duet each other, but only part of their bodies. And then they connect. <gasps> like there's that. Did you see the, the, the black legs dancing with the black cat on top? Yes, I did. Oh, it's my did. favorite one I've seen. I did. But I also love the ones where, like, there was that one that was a couple of years ago. Was it last year? I don't know. Time is so fast on TikTok. I know. But that, that fool who talks about um, the news and then he had a girlfriend and it looked like she was a, everyone made it seem like she was a hostage and it just kept being added to. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's. Like Kurt Those, Schwitter, like, a lot collages, of yes, I love. Yes, yes, and that's and also... that's Kurt Schwitter's. I mean, like one of my favorite Dada artists or associated with Dada mm. is Kurt Schwitter's, and he does collages. Totally, and that's Kurt Schwitter's. <sighs> and so, like, instead 100%. of saying that's Dada, appreciate Talk, name the an collage. Artist. Yeah, yeah. Or, but also appreciate the art forms. Right, collage True. is a smart art form because you're collaborating people who'll never be there. Have you and seen that's the ones where people? Is. I know. Have you seen the ones where people take like? a cat going and then there's just like a whole big band assemblage that comes around it with like a banjo and a double bass it's amazing like that's my favorite kind of content in the world like when did that happen i don't know absurdist i know actually it also brings it's a better way to me to connect with absurdism because you are connecting with it authentically without no without it, some uh, some of the absurdist content on TikTok and some absurdist content in this sort of neo-Dada way, and actually some of the absurdist content in the original Dada was like an inside joke. Dada was a club. Mm. It was. Right? It was like it, an, was, a it was a total inside joke. Right. So what I love about things like, you know, the cat duetting the legs or these stitches, these duets that were all these collages is that we can engage with the absurd, which intellectually is so powerful because it allows you a moment of visual and like intellectual peace. Yeah, you get a reprieve. Yes. Yeah. Rather than wondering if it's a joke, because like the one I was going to bring to this is. Do you think? Um, sorry. Go ahead. No, Do you go. think that's why people feel the need to label it under this like kind of academic kind of, you know, thing that already exists and under a structure rather than just like letting themselves enjoy something silly and absurd? Yeah, I do. I do think that's part of it. I think that the thing about absurdism, the true absurdism and even what Dada was doing um, and then like, you know, like, um, you know, there was also all those happenings that were happening in the 60s is we are irrational as humans. We live, mm-hmm. you know, the enlightenment made us think we were rational human beings, but we're not. No, definitely not. And so Have I you think seen men? there's an appeal of it. <laughs> yeah, they're always on my internet. They're on my internet. Um, <laughs> I can't shake them. You can't shake them. They're just there. But um, oh, so the one God, I brought fucking is... fucking present, aren't they? <laughs> That's right. They're, they're always around. I've had to um, block so many dudes on my lives. Oh, I block so many. Awful. So many men get blocked by me. Woof. Yeah. Woof. There was one um, guy I, who was just like waiting around to for me to go live to fat shame uh, me. It was fucking weird. Um, and then I had someone this week like you know screenshot me. Because oh, just like every time I went live, he was like, ooh, you again. Love your confidence. And I was just like, get the fuck out of here. So um, disgusting. And I had some random person like screenshot me in the middle of a live and said it as their PFP. Um, <gasps> in the middle of a thing. It was just, it's been a fucking weird week. What? 
people are strange. People are strange, right? This is this I people think is why people are absurd. Yeah. So the one I just sent you is one that I think is the opposite of Neo Dada. Um, because it's very it's some guy, I don't know who he is, he has a bazillion followers. Did you send me a link? I accidentally did. <laughs> I got that. I okay, so y'all, I just opened my DMs from Seema on TikTok expecting to watch a video and there's a TikTok link as a DM. I don't know why I did that, but you know what I mean. Um, but it's some person, Kyle's the... Hold up. Can you Kyle's send me the, the video next. or do I need yeah, to... Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm okay. going back to send it to you. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Um, Kyle's the next. And he is taking a boat to an island to... And he looks at human... He finds a cave full of human skulls and then he makes a pizza. He has a whole pizza oven. Mm-hmm. I love. Is this like a mockery of all those outdoor cooking content? Yes, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's funny, and I do. He think made it's a funny. Hawaiian pizza. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like I mean, I think it's funny, but but it's a very interesting thing because people are watching it because it's so absurd. He starts with like going to see human skulls, and then he makes yeah. pizza. So, it, but it's it's absurd, but I think it isn't like those other things we're talking about because no. it's so it's so self conscious. And I know that he it's really this is more like almost like satire, but this is actually to me closer to what the Dada movement is because it's very self conscious. Yes, yes. See, the uh, a parallel I would make to this that people mm-hmm. just in terms of like content is that do you see that guy who like paddleboarded out to the wind turbines in the water oh there was this guy just fucking absolute lunatic of a of a dude just like got on a kayak and spent 10 out like eight hours or 10 hours one way like paddling out to these wind turbines like out in the middle of the ocean uh and that to me is just an incredible example of like the absurd things that humans do and like the innate kind of absurd nature of especially like men why would you do that <laughs> i do think um a lot of thirst traps are also accidentally absurdist so they think the other <laughs> thing so i Ooh. think the other thing we should talk about here is intention because i think mm. that that is a part of it like dada's intention was absurdist which actually yeah. to me makes it less absurdist yeah but one thing i do think that TikTok allows because it's a platform that anybody can consume and anybody can create you can have this sort of absurdism at this sort of unintentional absurdism especially right? now cap cut is going wild CapCut is just crazy. It's like, it's like what, one of the things I was also meme thinking generator. About, it is. And I was thinking, Amazing. like, one thing I love is how, and I do think, like, that is, like, the snowball effect of CapCut is also this sort of absurdism. Like, yeah. I love that. I don't know who the first mom was, but I feel like she must have been in Utah who did the meme with CapCut. Like, uh, here's my kid, and this is what I named her after. Yeah. And, and then everybody is coming up with funny names. Like um, today Fuck. I saw um Is that the woman who had like the pictures of trees and everyone was like Splinter? Yes, but it was there was a million of them now. Yeah. And um somebody from one of them somebody said they had like it was a windmill and they said renewable energy, red no. for short. But like <laughs> that kind of culture, that absurdism is 
unintentional, right? Like yeah. that kind of stuff is so unintentional. And then we get to the other side, this very intentional, you know, absurdisms. People who I are doing actually- it, people who are doing strange things because they know that it's going yes. to pull in attention. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a very, yes. very big difference. And I, I truly think that that Jasper the doll, very authentic. That is very, very authentic, strange content that is like some girl who just randomly has this like I think a butchered Barbie from her childhood essentially like my favorite part about it is that the voice of the doll is can like never be revealed and every time she's like in frame with the doll she gets blacked out and like it's (laughs) so interesting it's so funny but like the way that it's kind of audio edited it kind of sounds like there's someone else in the room like it's really really clever like i actually very she might have like ventriloquist abilities and i think that she might met anybody who's done that could do that me either but like i've seen it and it there's like that one person that yeah i've seen it but i've never talked to them yeah me either but like i imagine it would freak me out yeah Um, me too me too but i think i think this girl might have the capacity to like throw her voice a little Uh... bit um and it's just kind of incredible to see people go like who voices who voices jasper and then there's like a whole crew of people who are like no 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 we can never know like we like jasper has to remain a a mystery part of it too right there's like these mysteries like there's an absurdism and mystery which you know dada wasn't really about mystery so that's Mm. again why it's not dada but then also so to go to the thirst traps i would actually say that a lot of these thirst traps have sort of a funny Mm. absurdist quality like there's that irish guy with the like red reddish blondish hair it's like long Mm -hmm. and he did one where he was holding what he said was apollo but i'm not convinced it was apollo he was holding a little statuette and it was just so funny i'll have to put it in the show notes but there's a lot of these thirst traps where these guys are basically trying to seem smart or seem cool there's like a one whose name is he is i can't remember he's he's french he has a lot he has long hair too apparently they all have long hair um and he'll be like in the he's like in a 70s set or he's sitting outside and he has a name that makes me think he might be provencal but i don't know and um but what is interesting to me about the thirst traps and if they're absurdist in a different way than the doll Or those things. They're absurdist because we are in on the joke, but we don't think that the person who's presenting it is. So that's the Mm, third category, mm. right? Like, I think there's an absurdism that like everybody, there's no, there's no, nobody's in on the, nobody started as a joke. It's just absurd, right? That's the cat duet and the collages and all of those things. Like they're just funny, right? Then there is the, all the way on that side, the creator's, creating a joke and is very you know self-conscious then there's this middle category which is a lot of tiktok which is also absurdist and we are like and it's the laughing at them or wondering like do you mean to be such a kook one of the ones i think qualifies for this is that lumberjack the guy who just chops wood yeah the guy who just chops wood and has like the as like the thirst trap thing yeah 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 yeah. he has like a lighthouse tattoo which I it took me a minute, but somebody explained to me that that might be a symbol of something. Queerness? No, no, what? like being in Iraq, being it's he's got like he's packing apparently. Uh, <laughs> like I on he seems sort of nice. Like I could just see he went to that lighthouse with his mom. That's what I sort of imagined. <laughs> I saw like a cultural analysis of his content by a fat girl, where she was like, "You can't convince me that this guy isn't trying to make like uh like plus size thirst trap content because he's like carrying these like enormous loads of wood, 
and is kind of like flexing his like immense strength. And she was like, no, 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 no. He loves big bitches. And I was just like, okay, you can read anything into anyone's content. Like I, I get it. Like it does make sense. Cause there's those dudes who post their gym content. They're like, I'm bench pressing. Well, it's like, how much does Lizzo weigh? Okay. Time to bench like 325. Like they just, you know, whoop, there are just people who do that. But also I thought, have you ever seen the um, page and the content from Alluring Skull, Jory? No. Okay, she's a beautiful trans girl. Um, uh-huh. And she like built her platform like off of lying on the internet and like very deliberately just saying shit on the internet and going viral because of it. And recently- That's awesome. He's so fucking clever. And recently- And that is like a very clear, that's like artists do that, yes, right? Yes, yes. I know. Not again. I don't want to say any of this is Donna, but Duchamp made up a name. Yeah. And maybe stole that, but we could talk about that again. Um, Like, it gets so much better. So Jory, like, lies so consistently all the time, like 17 times a day on TikTok, and is now up to, like, you know, 3 million followers, yada, yada, yada. And the other day went to a function and, like, a benefit with Kim Kardashian and a bunch of celebrities. And people were like, wait, for real? Are you being serious? She was like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm here. Like, here's my here's my table card, like, on Twitter. And here, like, here I am. Here's a selfie with me and Kim. And people were like, are you for real? <laughs> like- <laughs> so I think this this is sort of, this this story is, to me, the essence about neo-Dada mm. and accidental Dada and internet Dada and mm. if it's Dada, is I think actually the thing that is different essentially is our world is bigger and more complex and absurdity is even more complex on the internet. Absolutely. And so the problem actually, and the reason that people want to name it or call it Dada is to categorize it and and almost like make it more um fancy tangible well tangible but i also think they want to class it up because our life our life is so absurd right like it's so absurd like i was saying that um uh, somebody who follows me who i love is mia khalifa once adult you know, I guess she doesn't do porn anymore. Um, mm-hmm. She does great videos about Palestine. She's mm. very interesting. I find her very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other day, somebody said, oh, you look like Mia Khalifa. And I was like, other than our eyes are brown, I got nothing. I look no, I mean, I was like, there is so nothing that connects me to looking like <sighs> Mia Khalifa. She's a beautiful girl. I have no problem looking like her. It says so much more about the commenter than it does about you, doesn't it? I was Good like, no, Lord. no, 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 nothing, oh. Mia Khalifa. But my point is that Yikes. I can be some random, fairly small account art historian who has had a comment from some very famous person, Mia Khalifa, mm-hmm. who's been in all kinds of dramas, has been like in TMZ and like all kinds of things. And we can be for one moment, like she commented on something and I screenshotted it because I was <laughs> like, oh my God, Mia Khalifa, crazy, you know? Like, and I think that that is part, or Ioni Sky, the most beautiful girl of the 90s, and her husband, Ben Lee, musician, mm-hmm. commented, replied to me on something. And so I think this, like, it was about, his, they, she had painted an artwork in her room oh, and I commented on the video. And so I was like, who made that painting? And he said, oh, my beautiful wife, I own this guy. And she said, oh, I made that, yeah. And so, um, and like, they'll never remember me. They don't care either way. But, and I don't, you know, like, we're, we're You never flatting. know, they might remember you. They might, they might, sure. Um, 
So, but we flattened so many things that weren't flattened. So the moment the data was made, I think was important in a lot of ways, but what we're making is equally important because, but it's different because our mm -hmm. existence and our culture is drastically different. Absurd mm -hmm. means something completely different. And actually I think absurd is more important in our society now mm. because we have so much information in our lives. And so the chaos and overwhelming. Of it, we absorb yes. and intake more information in a day yes. than like a Victorian person would have taken in in a lifetime. Exactly, it's exactly. Ridiculous. And so with that, we need the we need that relief, that intellectual relief of absurdism. So don't like I just don't think we should pigeonhole it to data. I like that. I like that I was not expecting to like come out of this with like a call to action and like <laughs> you know a way to kind of reevaluate like kind of how we approach this kind of because like a lot of us like live on this app for the absurdity and for that content it's one of my favorite things and i love watching people turn like the vitriolic hate they get into absurd content as well that's one of the most incredible things to witness i think is just kind of how people twist anything into being like fuck it i'm just gonna like cope with it with a little bit of humor you know I do love, it's amazing. I love, I, love people. I, I have stopped. I love people. I love people. I love the, I just love the them. ways that we're all different. We're such kooks. <laughs> everyone, is, everyone is such a kook. And if you don't think you're a kook, if you don't think you're kooky, it's just because you're not like sure about yourself. When you yeah. get in there, the things you think are so kooky in there and it's great. We're all so different. I I just, you know, with like the, there's just so much visual culture like in so I've been reading um this is probably a good way to transition yes, to recommendations. It's it. my first like segue after like how many episodes? Yay! Yay! I'm learning. Yay, <laughs> um so I have been reading uh the recommendation that uh, Joe Minnick gave us. Oh, uh, the social photo. Yeah. Um, How is uh, it? Oh, so I'm like 20 pages in and already I'm kind of like, oh my God, this has huge implications for everything in my practice. Um, so this guy, Nathan, what's his face? Don't remember his last name. It'll <laughs> be in the, show, in the notes. show notes. Go check the show notes out. <laughs> I don't have the book next to me. It's in my bag. Uh, he kind of talks about how the rise of the social photograph, which is like kind of poo-pooed, in every single academic space that exists and by fine artists everywhere because people are kind of like well it can't be a photograph if it doesn't have all of this like technical wizardry and blah, blah, it's just bullshit because like photography that's why i made that video yesterday where i'm kind of like what is a photograph because like it's mm -hmm. it's a form of communication that exists in like many different kind of methodologies under the like the medium umbrella of photography and he has nathan this this author kind of talks about, uh, I should really use his last name to be like academic about it, but I don't really care. It's social. He talks about how the rise of the social photograph happened through this lens of nostalgia, through hipstamatic, through Instagram, and how we kind of started creating this visual culture of nostalgia for the present moment because we know it's going to end because this like oh. persistent need we have to document oh. everything isn't it incredible and then like i was thinking about that and how like my entire practice is like shaped by this movement of photography and why i have this like deep compelling need to kind of take that old aesthetic what's good? like seema my whole brain's been like kind of that's like going in so many different spaces but 
it's a really, really accessible read. The language is really accessible. Oh, it's not hard. I'm going to get it. I'm going to have to get it. It's, it's short too. It's not oh, a thick academic text. I actually think I, I might do that. a live series where I just read it. Oh, you should. That'd be great. Yeah, you were there when I was reading the Jay Peterman catalog out loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you? Okay, so I actually have um, a novel, again, mm. as always, and this one I listened to and I recommend the audio of it. Mm. It's Louisa Young's 12 Months and a Day, and I thought it would be perfect actually for this because uh, it's a romance novel. I mean, I don't know. It's a novel, but it has it's a central focus is, is romance, but also death. Mm-hmm. And I do think, and I was thinking about, like, I do think that the absurdity of life is usually brought into focus with death. Yeah. <laughs> so this is about... Um, Visual culture does that really well because the photograph, yes. like, it, that's like part of photo theory, right? Like the photograph yeah. signifies life and death. And once you photograph Absolutely. something, you've like marked its expiration date. Absolutely. And this book mm. was so, it was so beautifully done and it has a lot of music in it. So the premise is that at the beginning, there's two people who are in their 30s who are both um, lose their partner. So one of them is a woman mm. whose partner has a sudden heart attack. He's like 35, she's 32. And then some about six weeks later, they're both in the UK. She's in London. She's Irish, was born in Ireland, but in London now. And then mm-hmm. the um, other couple is a rock star who had left his rock star life because he had been hit by a car. And his wife dies of some debilitating disease. And he's there in their late 30s, like 38. And so then it's about the fact that those significant others remain ghosts on earth. Oh. And so each pair, so the dead pair and the living pair ended up like interact with each other because of certain situations. And but what I what the reason I brought it for this episode, I just loved it. I thought the reader turns out to be the person who was the audiobook was the daughter of the writer and it has oh. a lot of music. And so, because the the rock star and his wife had met because they were musicians and um, they were living in the Hebrides and they draw and like, you know, it's just, there's a lot of music. And so she sings as she does, they're singing throughout mm-hmm. this audiobook. But I was thinking about how also, and the reason I brought it up is that there's a lot of things in our lives that are un unexplainable right the the inexplicable of humanity is so hard to understand mm-hmm. and that's why we have the arts that's why we have yeah. literature that's why we have music that's why we have visuals like that's why people want to be making absurdist tiktoks it makes the world make sense it makes the world make sense i mean i think absurdity is the foil to like certainty and rationality and it without absurdity, you don't have any way to make sense, right? If you're always chipping away at being a rational human being, you're really not being a human being. No, really. And it's, it's kind of like the same with everything, right? We, we can't really exist without these polarities. Um, and one thing can't really be sustained without the other. Very, um, very true. And what a place to end this week I on Neo Philosophical thoughts. Philosophical thoughts. That's where we've yeah. ended. Um, so be sure to follow us at Artless Podcast. If you have topic suggestions, feedback, sponsorship offers, or just want to say hi, email us at artlesspodcast at gmail.com. We wait for emails. We love we them. Do. We live for we them. We love them. We love your suggestions. And you can follow Seema at Artlust 
on TikTok and you can follow me at Darkroom Varmint, V-A-R-M-I-N-T. And I think that's it. That's it for us, gang. Um, I'm going to go blow my nose and decongest and probably consume some absurdist content on my my lovely day off. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Have a good day. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Don't work too hard. Yeah. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye.